Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. My name is Sophie Collins, and I am a mother and entrepreneur, and I am obsessed with feeling my best. This show is going to cover everything from work to wellness to motherhood and what it looks like to encompass all of those things into your life. I hope you enjoy. I am very excited to be bringing you today's episode. This is an episode that I have had ruminating for a couple of months now, and it's something personal to me that I do every year that I wanted to share and that I think may add some value for your year ahead. So without further ado, today we are talking about goal setting for a new year. Now, I know this year is just getting started and you kind of probably already feel like you're off to the races, but I would urge you to take a little bit of time, whether it's an hour, two hours, even 30 minutes to sit down and think about how you want to attack and plan the year ahead. And that's what this episode today is going to be all about. I'm recording it at home actually in my bed and just wanted to have a really intimate moment with all of you to share my personal practices and what I find to be really helpful when it comes to goal setting. So I'm sipping on my favorite tealish tea. They have these new wellness combinations. I'm sipping on the stress less tea, which we could all use a little bit more of. And I am Sitting here in my one Wednesday robe, which is my comfy like manifestation robe, and I'm burning our Renew candle. So Renew has Palo Santo, tobacco, and amber, and it really makes it like the perfect morning or late night scent. We also have the Reset and Retreat candles in the Radiance collection, so I would highly recommend checking those out. Just think it's really nice to burn ascent when you're thinking about planning for the year ahead and just getting really cozy and comfy. So before we dive in, I'll share a little bit about how I end the year. And you can do this practice even in the new year. It doesn't have to be at the end of the year. But what I usually do is set aside a couple of hours and I go through the prior year. So I think about what worked, what didn't work, everything that I'm proud of, everything that I'm grateful for. I also review all of my goals that I set the previous January and I look through and I think about why I didn't achieve them or if I overachieved on some and really just take time to go through each month and remember all of the things that you accomplished, everything you persisted through. I also think it's really important to remember all the challenges that you had. I think sometimes we can breeze through the year and get through things and just put them out of our minds. But I think that resilience is truly built within those moments where you have to dig deep and find strength to get through things. And those are the moments that you are able to reflect back on and realize how much you have overcome and how much you've grown. So I think it's really important to not only reflect on the good times and be grateful for everything you got to experience, but also give yourself some grace and just like a pat on the back when you get through hard times. 
As you all know, I love to start my day with thinking about three things that I'm grateful for. So I think that bringing gratitude into your reflection practice is a really good way, not only to shift your mindset and help you think more positively, but I also think it's a really great place to manifest from. You all know I'm into manifesting and I truly do believe in it. And for me, manifesting is living in a place of gratitude while also understanding and being clear on what I want to bring into my life. And really this whole process of goal setting to me almost could be interchanged with the word manifestation. I think manifestation kind of gets a bad rap and people think, oh, well, you just like think about wanting a G-Wagon and then all of a sudden a G-Wagon appears in your door. And I really don't think that that's what manifestation is. I think it's living with a grateful heart for everything you have and being able to see your life through that lens. And then also thinking about what you want to work towards and what you want to bring into your life. And for me, that is usually revolved around how I see my life unfolding and the things that I want to feel as my life unfolds. It's much much less about tangible physical items and much more about how I want to feel when I wake up every day, what I want my day to look like, and how I want to create the future that I desire for myself and my family. So I think this quick kind of recap of what your year looked like prior really allows you you to hold yourself accountable, but then also allows you to help build upon the goals that you're working towards and maybe even adjust some things that aren't true for you anymore. One tool that I really find useful for this is the Mahara journal. It's a mindfulness journal where you take some time at the beginning of the year to really think about what you want your life to look like. And then you divide it into 10 really specific goals so that each month you can go back and say like, did I make progress on this goal? Where am I at? What's holding me back? So I would definitely recommend the Mahara Mindfulness Journal. You can actually buy it at each project at Holt Renfrew, where you can also get one Wednesday. And then after I've taken the time to really rest and reflect, I start to look forward to the year ahead. And the first thing I do when I'm thinking about what I want to bring in for the next year is to try and take some time to be quiet with myself and find some solitude This is not something that comes easy to me as a business owner, wife, mom of two young boys, family member, et cetera, et cetera. But what I do for me is wake up at 5 a.m. to either meditate, move my body. And this really allows me to have some space before my day begins and before people need things from me. So I think about and write about, that's the other thing. I think writing really helps when it comes to focusing on your goals and thinking about what you want to achieve. And so a few different things that I meditate on or write about are, what do I want more of in my life? What do I want my life to look like? That's everything from how do I want to wake up in the morning? What does my home look like? Who are the people in my life? How do I spend my days? What is a dream day? I think that's another really important journal prompt. I also have a bunch of journal prompts on my journal, so you can always check that out as well. What am I working towards? What long-term goals can be achieved by short-term actions? So that's what I'm really going to dig into today is what are the long-term goals that I'm working towards and how can I achieve them by the things that I do every single day? 
I'm going to link a bunch of books and resources that I found helpful as I've kind of built out this process for myself. But one of them is The One Thing. And I'm going to talk about this concept, which is that you have a goal that you're working towards. Then you think about what is the one thing I can do each month to help push me towards my goal? So given that, what is the one thing that you can do each week to push you towards your goal? Given that, what is the one thing you can do each day to push you towards your goal? I think this is a really, really helpful book when it comes to actually putting these goal-setting practices into action rather than just writing things down and hoping that they manifest themselves. This is one of the things that I actually learned from working in tech sales for so long. As some of you know, I worked in tech sales for 10 years before branching out on our own and starting one Wednesday. And in sales, you have a quota. And let's say your quota is a million dollars that you have to sell in software or whatever you sell per year. You back into that goal by saying, okay, if I need to sell a million dollars a year, that means I need to sell $250,000 per quarter. And usually sales, at least in software, are kind of hinging on quarterly sales. So you think about it from a quarter perspective. Some people might take that down to a month. And then you say, okay, how am I going to get to that goal? And I think breaking it down into these micro goals really allows you to find a path towards actually achieving that goal. Whereas if you think about how am I going to get to a million dollars in sales, it's really, really hard when you have this huge number in front of you, but no actual tangible action steps. And so what we would do is say, okay, for every 100 cold calls you make, you convert 10 of those leads into a sales demo. And for every sales demo you do, you convert that into a certain amount of revenue or a closed deal. So you can really apply that to anything in your life. If you're a founder, again, working back from that number of what you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it into, okay, I need to reach out to 10 wholesale accounts per day, or I need to gift 10 influencers my product every month. And everyone is going to be different. But I think, again, breaking it out into those chunks really allows you to realize that your goal is attainable. It just requires small everyday actions in order to get there. And one thing that I really find helpful when it comes to overarching goals and then the day-to-day habits to get there and tracking that is one, the Skinny Confidential Can I Get a Effing Minute (laughs) Planner. And this is a really incredible planner that was created by the founder of the Skinny Confidential, Lauren Bostick. It breaks your day into your micro to-do list, your overall weekly goals, and then has a gratitude list and has all of your self-care tools. So you really keep yourself on track, not only from a business perspective, but also from like a mind, body, and soul perspective. And then lastly, alongside planners and like Google calendars, which could be a whole topic in itself, I really love having a journal that is totally blank that allows me to brain dump, do daily pages, really just get everything out of my brain onto paper. I often use a blank journal when I'm planning the year ahead because it allows me to distill all of my thoughts and excitement and ideas down into specific actionable goals that I'm working towards. Interrupting this episode to tell you about my weekly newsletter, What I'm Loving Lately, that comes out every Friday. 
I talk about what I'm reading, cooking, watching, listening to, and loving. And if you want to subscribe, you can go to my website, www.sophiecollins.com and scroll to the bottom to subscribe. I should also say that I don't necessarily wait until the beginning of the year to start thinking about these goals. I often have a note in my phone where I go through all of the things that I want to accomplish in one year, in three years, and in 10 years. So one year, as we all know, time flies. So I try to be pretty realistic about what I can accomplish in one year. So for example, let's say one day I want a million dollars in savings. I probably realistically can't save that. At least I can't in one year. So maybe that's on my 10-year goal. Or you want to start a family. Maybe that's on your three-year goal because you know there are a lot of different things that come into play when it comes to getting pregnant. So I think just being A, realistic about your goals and then also be specific really helps you create a tangible action plan to get there. So once I'm done deciding on what my goals are going to be, I will go ahead and review it with my husband. I think that people have varying opinions on this. I personally like to review my goals with my partner because a lot of the things that I'm dreaming up are not just for me, they're for my family. And so I want to make sure that we're aligned on what we're working towards. And I think there's also something to be said for having someone like gut check you and say, you know, that sounds great, but like, is that actually possible this year? Or what about these other things that you said you wanted to do? Like, do you think you can do both? So I think that for me is really helpful. And I think also encourages the people in your life to do the same. I don't think that my husband was necessarily a huge goal setting person before we met, but I know that he has now gotten into this idea of really thinking about how you want to set up your next year. So whether you do that with a sister, your mom, your business partner, a best friend, I think it's really important to share those goals because not only does it keep you accountable, but it also gives you a chance to have a bit of a sounding board and even encouragement for what those goals are. And then once I've done that and I've kind of written all of the goals out specifically, I will add a note in my phone of the final things that I'm working towards. Sometimes I break this out into different buckets. So I'll do like a financial goal, a family goal, a business goal, a personal goal. And then sometimes it's just a list of things that I'm working towards or want to accomplish. And it can be anything from, you know, workout every day to, I want my business to make a certain amount of revenue or a certain amount of profit. So my goals, which I'll share some of them at the end of the episode, can vary and they don't necessarily have to all fall in the same format. And again, I think if you set achievable goals, like with a stretch, you don't want to say like, I want to, you know, wake up two minutes earlier every day, like stretch yourself a little bit. But I think you want them to be somewhat achievable, at least some of them, so that you can reflect next year and say, okay, I was able to do this. I was able to push myself. I was able to be consistent. And it really encourages you to hold yourself accountable and keep yourself on this track of setting new goals. And then usually I kind of leave those goals behind. I don't think about them. I don't look at them daily. I think some people print them out and look at them daily. For me, what works best is 
doing this at the beginning of the year and then either quarterly or monthly, just kind of scanning them and saying, okay, like, where am I falling short? Where has this goal changed? How can we adjust to really have this make sense for the year? I think that when we get into the mindset of goal setting and planning, we can be really strict with ourselves. And, you know, sometimes you kind of keep pushing forward into a goal and you realize you don't actually want to achieve what that is anymore. So I think giving yourself a little bit of grace to be malleable. But again, I think the Mahara journal is a really good resource for this because it forces you to check in monthly. I ended up using that journal more like bi-monthly because I found the few hours it took every month to be hard to carve out. So for me, it was helpful to have like a little bit longer between the review. So again, I think whatever works for you, but either quarterly or monthly review those goals and adjust as you need to. Speaking to goals that are more around learning, like I said, you know, you want to be constantly learning. I love listening to podcasts. The Skinny Confidential Planner is great for this because it says like, what podcast did you listen to? What book did you read today? So a few of the resources I'll also link in the show notes, but I love Gabby Bernstein's book, Super Attractor. I found that super helpful as I was beginning on my manifestation journey. And then my friend, Jesse DeLoe has a great course called the Dreamcatcher course, and it is incredible for learning how to manifest. I know she also has a really great course on how to manifest your soulmate. And then again, it's coming back to yourself. It's meditation. It's sitting in silence. And for me, my meditation, I still love a guided meditation. So I'll turn to Melissa Wood Health and she has amazing meditations on her app or her walking meditations. Michelle Cambolis on Insight Timer. And I really love Aditi on Peloton. So those are kind of the three different meditations that I do when it comes to a guided meditation. And that brings me to my area of non-negotiables. So about 10 years ago was when I started working out consistently, taking care of my body and taking care of my mind. And so I didn't really have any specific goals around that over the last few years because I am nothing if not consistent. <laughs> I was saying to our workout group the other day, like I don't necessarily push myself 150% in workouts, but I really rarely miss a workout. And so for me, it's like consistency over effort, I want to say. Like I still try, but I'm not killing myself every time I work out. So I think for me, you just have to like understand what works for you. For me, it's like I work out five days a week and I can, I'm can i consistently doing that. I've done it for almost 10 years. So like, what are those non-negotiables to continue? Like what makes you feel your best and how can you bring those things into each and every day? So whether for you that's, I'm going to take a 30 minute walk every day after I eat lunch, or when the kids go to bed, I'm going to ask my partner to watch them so that I can meditate outside undisturbed. I'm going to meet a friend once a week and we're going to go on a hike. I'm going to work out every day for 20 minutes in the morning. So what are your non-negotiables that you're going to bring forward into the next year? They don't have to be like this new grand scheme or illusion of, you know, I'm going to start strength training or like, it doesn't have to be something new. Sometimes you have something that's working for you and you just want to stay consistent and continue on. So I think including those things as well is really important. I'm super clear on what my non-negotiables are. I need to move my body every day. 
For me, that's a mixture of strength training, cardio, walking, Pilates, tennis, and like a mixture of both. And then I meditate every single day. And as I said, that is usually a guided meditation. Sometimes it's unguided. I find if like life gets really hard, I need to just like really, really quiet things and and do some unguided meditating. I would love to say that journaling is a part of my daily practice. It is not, but I would say I journal a couple of times a month. Again, when I'm going through really hard things and I need to like clear out the cobwebs. My other non-negotiables are time with my kids, like really, really present time with my kids. My phone's on do not disturb in the morning and it's on do not disturb at night. I also really am obsessed with sleep (laughs) if you haven't realized that already. So my non-negotiable, like I mostly need to get eight to nine hours of sleep. And I know that sounds crazy. Like I cannot function on less than eight hours. Seven to me is really hard. So, and again, I know this is not possible for everyone at different phases of life. Obviously, I've had two kids. I've had very long periods of time where I wasn't achieving this. Right now, my kids mostly sleep through the night. So I'm able to achieve this. But that means like I'm not making plans four nights a week. For me, it's like one to two nights absolute max. And on the nights that I go out for dinner, I don't usually wake up to work out. So it's all a trade-off, but like sleep is my foundation. Now, I know a lot of people, when they think about goal setting, think about vision boarding. And I think vision boarding is really cool. I love vision boarding because I actually think it's like a really fun way to gain clarity around what you want your life to look like and then also put a picture to it to make it really visual and exciting. I don't rely on vision boarding to help me set goals because I find that I like to use a vision board for more of a lifestyle vibe that I'm going for, if that makes sense. And so I really use vision boarding in that way. And I do a few different things when it comes to vision boarding. The first one is that there is a really cool company called Smart Cookies Collective, and they have a really cool vision board kit that I've used. And so that's like a great way to start when it comes to vision boarding. So I've used that. I also have in my office a gratitude board. So this is where I place things that mean a lot to me that have already happened. Because as I said, and something that I learned from my friend, Jessie Delo through her Dreamcatcher course is manifestation really begins when you're sitting in gratitude for all that you have. And so an example of this is, and this is just like a silly small example, but I used to look out our back windows and see cars and power lines and construction. And I remember a couple of years ago, starting to really think about like wanting to be in a home where all I saw when I look out the window was trees. And that became like this incessant vision in my mind. And when we would do some lighthouse hunting, I was like, I just need to see trees, 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 trees. That's all I want to see. Over the course of about six months, I look out that window every single day, obviously, while I'm cooking, when I'm with the kids. And over the course of about six months, I actually trained my eyes to only look at the trees outside and really started to realize like how green the neighborhood is that we already live in and how many trees are out my kitchen window. Before, again, as I said, I looked out, I saw concrete, I saw trucks, I saw power lines. 
but I trained my eyes to really just focus on the beautiful greenery that was outside of my window. So when you think about all of the things that you want to bring into your life, and again, for me, that's like more of a vibe and lifestyle versus actual tangible physical things. It's training your mind and your body and your vision to see those things already. I swear this works and I'm sure there's science behind it. I don't have that on the tip of my fingertips right now, but it really has worked for me as it comes to thinking about what I want to bring into my life. The other book that I want to recommend when it comes to gratitude and manifestation is Manifest by Roxy Nafusi. Again, I'll put all of these books in the show notes, but that was a really, really good one for me when it comes to like breaking down manifestation into really simple steps. So obviously a lot of what I'm talking about today is in regards to personal life. I think a lot of this can be applied to work as well. What my business partner and I do is we try to reserve a day or two to really do some deep work in terms of understanding where do we want the business to go? What is the end goal? What are our goals personally, financially, together for the business? And it allows us to take time out of our day-to-day hustle and to-do list and grind and really look at the business from another lens. It's almost like we're getting out of our bodies and we're looking down on what we're actually doing day-to-day, how we're spending our time and where we're actually wanting to go. I think it's really easy to get caught up in everything that needs to be done. So I think if you can take some time at the beginning of the year whether it's by yourself, with a life coach, with a therapist, with your partner, with your business partner, with a friend, and say like, where do I want to go with this professionally or with your business or in your career? And again, using everything I've said today to help get to that place. And again, we do that through like this deep work session. We build out this strategy document that we try to work off of. And of course, things come up that are not on the plan for the year. Like for example, this year, we had this really oh big overarching plan to get into all of these wholesale accounts. And then we ended up having a really large wholesale partnership come through that didn't allow us the capacity to continue to build out smaller wholesale stockist partners. So we pivoted and that's totally fine. Maybe that's next year's plan. We'll find out in our deep work session. But I think just getting on aligned with the people that you're working with and you know, that could be your boss at your at your job. I like loved doing this when I worked in tech sales. When I worked at Slack, I would work with my boss on how I was going to achieve those goals and and sharing them with her. And then again, taking those overarching goals and dreams and breaking them down into what needs to be done each week to get there. So again, I think. The Mind Your Business Planner is great for this. The Skinny Confidential Planner is great for this. I was listening to my friend Sif on her podcast, the Dream Bigger podcast, and she was talking about how her and her husband and partner Nish have like top five goals each week. And that's something that Joni and I have implemented. So we say like, these are the top five things I'm working on each week. And then next week we tell each other our progress. And then we also tell each other what the goals are going to be for the week ahead. This has not only helped us feel more accomplished, but it has allowed us to gain visibility into what each other is working on. And then again, really kind of funnel down on like, what are we working towards? Like if 
Joni is setting five goals that have nothing to do with my five goals, there might be something misaligned there that we need to discuss. So that's been really, really helpful. I think along the lines too of career and work is financial. So that's something that I haven't necessarily, if I'm being completely honest, been the best at in my adult life. I have learned here and there about different you know, financial saving tactics. And I read books like I loved Naval Ravikant's book, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant about like wealth and money. And I've read some financial books, but for me, that's something that I really want to deep dive into next year in terms of being super aggressive with saving, being a lot better about spending. And so for me, that's on my goals for 2024. This episode is brought to you by Duty Free. Okay, so it's no secret that I'm obsessed with my health and well-being. I think that's pretty clear given that this show is called Obsessed with Feeling My Best. And really the reason that I started it was to share everything that I love to do to feel my best. And in my world, health and wellness encompasses so many different categories, but The three that I really try to focus on are my mind, body, and soul. And I try to bring those three things into everything that I do. For my mind, you know I love a good meditation every day. For my body, it's my daily morning workout. And that's everything from cardio to Pilates to strength training, which I've been doing more recently. And the way that I fill up my cup or my soul portion of this is really through the relationships that I've built with my close friends and family and obviously my two little boys. One of my aims of starting the show was to bring on guests for you to learn from like today's episode, high performers who are also obsessed with feeling their best while building careers, brands, and their families. Many of those people travel for work and or inspiration. And I feel so lucky to be able to do the same. I mentioned recently how when I travel, I can often revert back into old patterns of not being able to sleep and not feeling my best. So lately, it's been a huge focus of mine to incorporate little actions that go a long way in terms of feeling great, even when I'm in a new place. And this is especially relevant given the time of year, a lot of travel is happening and people are going to visit people. So I wanted to share a few tips and tricks that I swear by to feel my best when I'm in a new place. So one of my first tips is to relax as much as possible when I'm on the flight. I know this might seem counterintuitive, especially if you're traveling with kids, but it's one of the rare chunks of time when I'm completely uninterrupted and can use the time to journal, think, and even work without distraction. Again, work with when I don't have my kids. <laughs> I pop in my AirPods and I'll do a mini skincare routine to hydrate and relax. I love traveling with an eye mask as I shared before, or even an eye cream like the L'Occitane Precious Eye Balm because I can easily apply it even when I'm wearing a face mask and it instantly makes me feel relaxed and refreshed. One thing about it that I love is that it visibly reduces the appearance of fine lines, puffiness, and dark circles, all of which I struggle with, especially when traveling. Lastly, you know I'm obsessed with a face oil, especially to give my face a good massage and bring blood flow to the surface and really just enhance that inner glow. It's one of the travel hacks that I use when I don't have tools that I have at home, like my ice roller. So last time I was at the airport, I tried this new face oil, new to me, Virgin Marula Luxury Face Oil from Drunk Elephant. 
I've always been such a huge fan of this brand and I swear this face oil instantly made me glow. It's like a rehab for your skin, which you definitely need when you're traveling. Another big thing I make sure to do is drink a ton of water to help my skin glow from within. So I try to drink like two or three liters a day when I'm traveling. The best part is that all of these products are available at the Mind, Body, Soul at Duty Free, both in Toronto and here in Vancouver. Actually, it was so sweet. Someone picked up the nicest gift for me the last time they were there, this cute little eight pack of L'Occitane Tan hand creams. So nice because I can keep one everywhere. So I never forget. My hands get so dry this time of year. I'm super passionate about still feeling my best even when I travel. And I love that I can grab all of these wellness goodies, not only for myself, but also my family and friends when I travel. I'm really impressed about how the mind, body, soul section at Duty Free has truly leveled up their game. You have to check it out next time you're at the airport. They've made it so much easier to tend to my pillars of wellness to help me feel calmer and relaxed, focus on my mental and physical health, travel comfortably, and ultimately help me feel my best even when I'm traveling. I should also mention that all of the brands featured in their shop are focused on well-being and healthy living. And this is achieved by using ethically sourced organic or natural products and wherever possible, environmentally friendly packaging. Something you know I'm super passionate about with my own brand. If you check it out, make sure to tag me and let me know what you think. I'm so impressed and it has totally changed the way I travel. And now I look forward to airport days. My last hack is that you can pre-order online too before you get to the airport at shopdutyfree.com. Happy shopping. So I'm not going to share all of my goals for this next year because some of them are quite personal, but I, as I said, have a note in my phone. Once I kind of whittle down what these goals are, I have done a blog post on this as well. So check that out. But I have a note in my phone that says 2024 vision and that has bullet bullet points below that and then 2027 and then 2034. Then at the bottom, it has a list of like what I want. So these are just general themes that I'm working towards in my life. And again, they vary from family to financial security to how I want to feel working day to day. So a couple of my goals in case you need inspiration for 2024, one of them is back to the piece of non-negotiables and what I want to continue. So one of them is I want to release a new podcast every two weeks and I want to quarterly start recording more solo episodes like this one today. I also want to have a getaway for just our family. We do a lot of travel luckily with our families, but I think it would be really fun to do something just the four of us. I'm also outlining specific savings goals. So I have goals that I want to achieve a certain number in my savings account and I want to spend less. I also have a goal around how I choose to spend my time. I really want everything I say yes to in 2024 to be a hell yes. It's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And again, I have specific goals around sales numbers for one Wednesday for my personal brand. And then in 2027, that just kind of gets like a bit bigger. So I have like bigger sales goals. I have trip ideas that I want to go on with my husband, for example. I have company goals. Like for example, within three years, I would love to host a one Wednesday company retreat. And then my 2034 goals are really audacious. I'm not going to share them today because they're just 
very personal. And I think that, you know, you have to keep some cards close to the chest, but is it chest or vest? Anyways, I'm not going to share those today, but they're very audacious and really exciting. And, you know, one day, hopefully we'll look back on this and I'll share that I've achieved them. So to wrap this up, I've chosen a couple of questions from my Q&A and we're going to go through them. So the first one is how to vision board and sticking to the goals you've set, which is really tough. I totally agree. It is very hard to stick to the goals you've set. So I think the thing that I would say here, and I kind of alluded to this already, is creating an action plan for yourself and then remaining committed to that. And I think that the best way to do that is A, to block out time in your calendar to actually give yourself the time to achieve that goal. And then I think B, understanding like what is the why behind the goal? What is the reasoning that you want to achieve this goal? Because I think if you focus on the surface level aspect of the goal rather than the actual reason behind it, it's really hard to keep going and commit to it. But if you focus on the reason behind it, it's a lot easier because you're able to relate to the emotion of how you want to feel when you accomplish the goal. So an example of this for me, I ran a half marathon with my friends like six years ago, I guess. And we all really wanted to do it together. We thought it'd be such a fun goal to check off. This was like more of a superficial goal, to be honest, but having a friend there, an accountability partner, we were able to make it something really fun. And instead of it just being, oh, we're going to run a half marathon, it was, we're going to achieve this goal together as a friend, as a friend group. And that really, really helped in terms of the reasoning and the why behind it. The next question is, I love setting an intention in the form of a word of the year. And I'd love to hear yours. That is such a good question. I love that idea of setting an intention behind a word and kind of choosing a word to stick to your goals. I think if I look at my list of goals and I think about what I want all of those goals to help me achieve, it would be probably focus. I think that you know, as many of us do, there's a lot going on. And I really, really want to focus on executing on the things that I have in place that are feeling really good. For example, the podcast, my newsletter, the journal, our business, different aspects there. So I think focus would probably be my one word. I was going to say heads down because a lot of what I want to do this year is just execute on what I believe is working and then evaluate a lot of that at the end of the year so I can help set my goals for 2025. But heads down is two words. So let's go with focus. How do you handle disappointment when goals don't work out how you'd hoped? I actually have been thinking about this one a lot and I've shared a little bit about this on Instagram stories, but Some of you probably know this, some of you probably don't, depending on how many episodes you've listened to, but I used to want to be an actor. I went to my first Shakespeare play when I was 10 or 11. And in the intermission, my dad took me, he's like a huge advocate for the arts and always took me to performances growing up. But there was something about this Shakespeare play that clicked in me and made me want to be an actress. And we found this pamphlet for this camp called Shakespeare Rocks. And I ended up joining this camp and the instructor in this camp was creating a junior conservatory for actors who were interested in Shakespeare. So I ended up starting my acting career in Shakespeare for the first about five years and absolutely loved it. From there, 
decided I wanted to venture out into film and television. And I cannot even lie when I say, like, I didn't even know what manifestation was or visioning or whatever, but I went to bed every single night. I feel like almost every single night and thought about Gwyneth Paltrow when she won the Oscar and she was wearing that pink dress. And I swear I thought about that every single day for the 10 years that I was pursuing this goal. And I have a hard time thinking about that period of my life, not because I regret anything, but because I really am someone who believes in manifestation and believes in working towards your goals. But there came a time in my early 20s where I was auditioning, I was going to acting class, I was working in a restaurant as most budding actors do. And I realized that this was not what I wanted for my life anymore. And I had to take a step back from acting. It was also around a period of my life where I would get scenes for an audition or lines for an audition. They're called sides. And I literally could not memorize the lines anymore. So I got to a point where I actually physically could not audition. There was something like blocking me from continuing to pursue that. And so I look back on it with like, I'm not going to lie, a little bit of sadness and a little bit of like, well, you know, you say you can achieve anything you want and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you had this dream that you didn't achieve. And I don't actually know if I have an incredible answer to this question, only to say that I think that dreams can change and goals can change. And 22-year-old Sophie did not want to be an actor. And I went to an acting class five years later. I had an anxiety attack. I could not stay. 27-year-old Sophie did not want to be an actor. I don't want to be an actor right now. And maybe one day I'll start auditioning again. But I will say that all of the training I did to become an actor gave me so much, not only as a founder, but also as a podcast host and doing what I'm doing today. So I think that you can really really, really, really focus on something and gain a ton of skills. And it may not manifest in the way that you pictured it, i.e. myself wearing a Ralph Lauren dress on the Oscar carpet, (laughs) but it will lead you in ways and give you skills that you never even imagined you needed or wanted. And so what I would say to finish this question off, I've been rambling, but goals can change. You can decide you don't want a goal anymore. And also you may not realize that all of the skills that you are building for the goal you were thinking you were achieving will in fact help you in a different area of your life. So the last one is how do you plan on planning out your goals? And are you going to do a vision board, a planner? So this is actually a really great way to announce the giveaway that I'm going to do in conjunction with this episode. So What we're going to do, I'm going to give away a few of the goodies that I talked about today. So we're going to give away the Mahara Mindfulness Journal, a Smart Cookies Collective Vision Board Kit, the Jesse Delo Dreamcatcher Course, the Skinny Confidential Planner. I'm also going to add in a One Wednesday Robe and Candle from our Radiance Collection because I think that's really great for the new year. And a few more things. So how you can enter that giveaway is to 
rate and review the podcast and then on Apple Podcasts. And then you're going to send me a screenshot, either DM Sophie C. Collins or email me Sophie at onewednesdayshop.com. And then you'll be entered into the giveaway. I'll also do an Instagram post on this so that you can see everything that I'm giving away. But that I think will really help you as you're spending this time building out your 2024 vision. And I'm really excited to give that away. So yeah, the reason that I did the giveaway with a rate and review is because that's the best way to help the show grow. And I really, really appreciate you listening and also really appreciate you rating and reviewing the podcast. This was such a fun episode to record. I feel so connected with all of you as I'm sitting here alone in my bed. But no, really, I am so grateful for this community and I've absolutely loved building out this podcast and bringing on incredible guests. We have some really fun ones ahead for this year, some really helpful takeaways. I'm going to do more solo podcasts. We're going to have some different offerings like meditations and different things for you guys to listen to and learn from. And I really hope that you found this helpful. I'm so happy to answer any questions that you have and just hope that you have a really, really incredible year. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find me on Instagram at Sophie C. Collins or on my website at sophiecollins.com. And you can find my brand One Wednesday at one underscore Wednesday underscore shop on Instagram or onewednesdayshop.com. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you have time, leave a rating and review. I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks to Podfather Creative for editing and production.